Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to show number 294 from Engage for Success. I'm Jo Moffat. I'm host for today's show, uh, which has got a little bit of a deja vu about it because one of our guests was last, back, last on the show back in the summer of 2014. Um, but is joined today by a colleague. So um, today we're going to be talking about how do you maintain a focus on culture and people to drive great commercial results, um, often against the context of significant change um, and significant growth. And to talk about that with us, I'm very pleased to welcome back to the show Dash Gupta. Uh, Dash is CEO of Marshalls Motor Group um, and is joined today by Helen Burrows, who is HR Director of uh, Marshalls as well. So welcome to the show, both of you. Hi, Joe. How are you? Thanks, Joe. So, very good. And great to have you back, Dash. And uh, and welcome to Engage for Success Radio, Helen. So, um, Thank you. Yeah, so I, I, <laughs> as I was saying, Dash, uh, summer of 2014, you were last on. That was show number 77. Um, we're now up to show 294. So, you know, a lot of water under the bridge uh, since then. But before we touched on on what's been happening as far as uh, as far as you guys are concerned perhaps for the benefit of our listeners who um maybe haven't uh, re- got fabulous recall from um the show from five years ago uh, dash first of all can you just give us a very brief very brief overview of, of you from a professional perspective a little bit yeah, of a bio so, uh... Do you know, I, I'm amazed it was uh, five years ago, Joe. Time, time certainly flies, doesn't it? <laughs> it certainly uh, but, does. Uh, uh, so I, I'm, uh, I'm the Chief Executive for Marshall Motor Holdings PLC, as we are today. Very different to mm-hmm. when we last uh, spoke to you back in 2014. Uh, I've been here as uh, Chief Executive. I'm just about to go into my 12th year now, which is quite scary. It does feel like 12 minutes. Um, and then prior to... Uh, Prior to being Fiat Marshall, I've been with um, uh, probably a company called Inchcape for uh, about seven years, uh, and then mm-hmm. sort of came into the industry, uh, sort of work, you know, as a sort of a graduate trainee uh, with Nissan, and worked my way through the ranks as a sort of salesperson, sales manager, general manager. Uh, joined Inchcape in '99, uh, and then spent quite a few years there, and then uh, more laterally uh, with a company called Ridgeway, and I've been here since uh, '08. Uh, yeah. But actually. Um, uh, outside of the uh, automotive industry, I, I sort of was doing a degree in computer science, software engineering. So, uh, like a lot of people in our sector, sort of stumble into it and find actually there's a there's a really exciting industry here. Uh, yeah. We can have a fantastic fantastic career and uh, get to work with some amazing brands, get to work with great products, and work with some really fun, exciting people. So, uh, I think the perception people sometimes have of our business versus what the reality is when they come into it is uh, is, is very different. So, uh, yeah, that's a bit about me. That's a bit about you. So you've obviously got, yeah, petrol in your veins or maybe electricity now or hybrids or, or whatever. So, <laughs> and what about you, Helen? How, where, where, what's your background? Um, so um, I'm uh, HR Director for Marshall Motor Holdings. I've been uh, with the business since uh, just the tail end of 2013. So um, I'm in my sixth year, so just over five and a half years. Um, Prior to that, I was uh, with a business services group, European Business Services Group, as HR director. Um, and prior to that, I was in the automotive sector with um, with Inchcape, um, which uh-huh. is where Dash and I first, first got to know each other. So, 
a long, a, a long career in automotive, uh, sandwiched in the middle with, uh, with some experience outside the sector for seven years in, in, uh, in business services. Okay, well, we'll touch if we get a chance just to touch on perhaps a little bit of that a little later in terms of how the sectors differ, which um, which would be interesting because I think, you know, as, as Dash said, perhaps people do have some preconceptions about the automotive industry and, and what it's like to work there, um, which we can talk about in a moment. But but let's just go back. So, Dash, yeah, summer of 2014, um, you came on the show and, um, and, and we talked about what you were doing at Marshalls then around putting your people um, very much at the heart of your business in terms of um, them being a key part of your success and a key driver of that success. So what, tell us what's been going on with the business since then. Uh, we're trying to cast my mind back. I mean, to the summer 2014, um, we would have been actually, and I, pro- I couldn't have said this at the time, but we would have been in the middle of IPOing the company. Uh, and it was a project that took us about 15 months to, to complete from start to finish. Um, right. So... Significant change for what was a privately owned company set up in 1909. So at that stage, you know, the group was, um, you know, 100% privately owned uh, for 105 years at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then essentially, we we, we decided that uh, you know we wanted to list the company so we could enable the business to continue to grow. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, we successfully completed the IPO on the 2nd of April uh, 2015. So uh, okay. Uh, it's been very busy since then. Just just over four years ago. So you 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 mentioned then that it was really to um, help you to grow. I mean, was that was that the main driver for seeking to become a PLC? Yeah, I and mean, I think uh, our, our former parent has uh, been a uh, you know fantastic supporter of the business for 105 years. But they also had interest in uh, the aerospace and defence industry with property mm-hmm. um, and um, you know. Uh, our business, you, know, you may recall, Joe, at the time when we spoke, uh, uh, I think we would have been, we would have gone from sort of 300 million in 2008 uh, to around about a billion pounds worth of turnover. In fact, our turnover in 2014 uh, was 1.1 billion, to be precise. Um, so we'd, we'd grown quite significantly in what was, you know, a very short period of time from, you know, just five years before. Um, mm. And essentially, we, uh, you know, we, we sort of felt this is a, uh, you know, the business was in a fantastic position to continue to grow. But of course, uh, as a privately owned company, there is only so much you could do. Um, and our sort of sister companies uh, at the time also had um, uh, cash investment requirements. And uh, mm-hmm. that's when we looked at, well, you know, what's the best way to enable this business to continue to fulfill its potential? And hence yeah. why we IPO'd the co- a company in uh, 2015. 2015, okay. And and so, Helen, from the people perspective what what was the what was the impact how did that how did that affect the uh, your employees when with that change um i think there was a if we're being absolutely honest there would have been some concern at the time um people had joined marshall um for very specific reasons we prided ourselves and in fact still do pride ourselves on having a very family orientated approach uh, mm-hmm. in our business, and clearly the, the business had, had been family-owned, as Dash said, for over 100 years. So mm-hmm. I guess there were some concerns that the, the culture of the business would change and people have their own experiences of working in other PLC environments. Um, mm-hmm. And so we were very mm-hmm. mindful of that and, um, and you know, we're, we're very cognizant of that in our, in our communications with the business to really um, explain that, that our intention was that um, Dash explained absolutely the drivers for, for, for floating the company, 
but mm -hmm. really um, we're at pains to express our desire that the culture of the business would not change and that colleagues in the business wouldn't really see any impact of that other than investment to enable us to grow the business and to you know keep developing all of the people programs that we have so mm. it's really important for us to reassure colleagues that the culture of the business would stay that family oriented um, fun environment that they've been experiencing up to that point and mm. I, I really like to think and our, our a great place to work feedback would tell us that that we have been you know, to a large extent successful in, in being able to maintain that culture in the business mm. and we're really proud mm. of that Excellent. I remember. I remember when when you were on the show last time, Dash. You you um, had uh, literally just been in, in acquiring um, a new business into the group, and and I remember you talking about how you made it your business to always go and personally meet with the teams um, of any new organizer, any new um, group or dealership that you were that you were bringing into the group, and um, that was something you felt very strongly about. So when you were going through this whole PLC change, did you and your leadership team um, continue with that philosophy that you, you would talk to your people um, very much sort of face-to-face -face, um, with, with what you were doing rather than simply, you know, issuing a, an email update or anything? No, 100%. And, that, and actually, um, I guess back in 2000, we probably had around 2,000 colleagues within the business. Um, mm -hmm. And to put that into perspective today, uh, we're about 4,100, 4,200. So the group's grown material, and I'll talk about that in a second. But um, one of the things we, we, we've done, you know, back since, since I joined the group is we have um, regular ways of communicating. And it's not just through, yes, we do clearly email communication, uh, but when, when there is, um, uh, you know, for example, when we just announced our uh, results for 20. 18, you know, we uh, we send an email. The other thing we do on the email is it's done literally at one minute past seven. Clearly, we can't let people know before we let the stock market know because that will be inside information, yeah. and we won't want uh, people to yeah. be uh, committing uh, uh, naughty things. So, from our perspective, we literally one minute past seven, an email goes. There's also a video. Uh, so they can sort of see the highlights of how the group's done, little presentation, key highlights. Um, so yes, we do the email communications, but we do a lot of things around. Uh, we have an internal um, newsletter, which we actually do uh, six issues of. Uh, it's called Marshall Matters. Um, and uh -huh. we, we actually send that to home addresses. And the reason we send that to home addresses is to make sure that colleagues, uh, family at home, get the opportunity to read what's going on in the business. Because ultimately, mm -hmm. without the support at home, it makes a difference for oh, people at work. Absolutely. So when you when, when, when we're looking for colleagues to do that sort of extra discretionary effort, it just means if mm -hmm. colleagues, that, uh, if, if family of colleagues know, uh, you know, what a great company they work for, then uh, uh, you know that makes that makes a big difference as well. Um, Absolutely, that's really key, isn't it? We, yeah. But we also uh, do conferences. So we do. Uh, in fact, we've got our next conference coming up next month. So we'll have all the senior management there, and we do one in October. So October. We had around about 350 to 400 of all of the management, so we sort of get them together at Silverstone and tell them what's going on with the business. Uh, mm -hmm. So that that sort of face-to-face -face communication is really important. And just to illustrate the fact that you know uh, we do the uh, welcome on acquisitions. Only um, two months ago, we have acquired six more businesses. Uh, so that sort of trajectory of acquisition and growth continues even since we last spoke. Uh, and mm -hmm. those six businesses we acquired in. Uh, in Nottingham, in Leicester, uh, Letchworth, Bedford, um, Harlow, 
uh, and, and those businesses, uh, I visited all of the businesses personally, welcomed all of the colleagues in that business. So I think that's really, really important so people feel mm. that they've got the ability to uh, to connect. So, so it yeah. wasn't just something we were doing when we were 2,000 people. We're now four. We're still doing still it. Still doing it. Still following it through. Great. Uh, really, really good lesson, I think, for people to hear. Um, so, Helen, what um, – sorry, Dash, I mean, it, it, in terms of how how the business has performed since then, so four years down the line, it was designed to fuel growth. Uh, you've clearly said you've, you've acquired six businesses already this year. So I'm I'm imagining it it's been delivering what you've set out. Um, I think what's happened in the last four years has been quite frankly, uh, you know, unbelievable um, in terms of growth. So. To put that into perspective, in 2014 when we spoke, Joe, the, the group's turnover, in fact in 2013, the group's turnover, because we wouldn't have the 2014 numbers, but the 2013 uh, turnover numbers was 900 uh, odd million. So mm. bearing in mind we've gone from 300 to 900, a trebling of turnover in what would have been four years. In 2014 we got to 1.1 billion. Right. And, uh, the, the, the vision that we set about with the IPO was to effectively double turnover and treble profit, and we wanted to do mm. that in five years. So uh, we, we set about uh, the, the story in 2015. So the plan was let's get to sort of two-plus billion turnover, uh, treble our profit, and we want to do that by 2020. So how do we do? Well, in April, we IPO'd the company in 2015. In November, we acquired a company called SG Smith, which had about uh, 427 colleagues who came across there. Uh, so that was a t- business, business turning over 200 million. Uh, we also acquired uh, another business called Ridgeway uh, in mm-hmm. the May of 2016, which had turnover about just under 800 million. So what we set out to do in five years, we effectively did in 13 months. And our run rate by May, uh, run rate by May 2016 is we effectively had a run rate of over 2.2 billion. So kind of looking forward, what we set to do in that sort of five-year period, we did in 13 months, and uh, we've just announced our results, our fourth set of results as a PLC, uh, and our turnover uh, is uh, running at a rate of about 2.3 billion now, uh, and we've more than uh, uh, we've grown our uh, earnings per share uh, by 260 percent. Uh, so it's been uh, pretty unbelievable. Yeah, uh, and, absolutely. You know, over the last 10 years, we've, we've bought, over the last 11 years, we've bought and sold um, 146 businesses. So that clearly has a big impact on people, which is why yeah. we're so focused on that in terms of an agenda for us. So it's been incredible. And we've been sector leaders uh, in terms of our results. So good things and bad things about being PLC. One of the good or bad things, whichever way you look at it, is there's nowhere to hide because every analyst analyzes all of your peers' numbers to death. Uh, but I'm yeah. delighted to say that uh, the feedback from the, the city is we've been sector leaders now for three years running, which is great. Excellent. Well, congratulations to you and, and, and your team. It's, uh, you know, it's a, clearly it's, um, it's a really, really good result. And it's, um, I suppose going, it's going slightly um, uh, you know, sort of off, off script a tad here, not that we rigidly script these, these shows, but just you know, I, it's a clearly a really, really successful story. Is it the success? that creates the engaged workforce or is it the engaged workforce that creates the success is it which you know it's chicken and egg which is the one that comes first or is it so utterly integrated that it's impossible to unravel what would you say to that Helen 
Um, I'd say that I think it's fully integrated for us. Um, we couldn't have had the success that we've had without fully engaged colleagues. You, I mean, Dash has talked about the pace and scale of change, and unless we had our colleagues with us on that, we wouldn't have been able to deliver the value out of that growth that we've been able to deliver. So it was absolutely crucial for us to explain to colleagues what we were doing, what was going to happen, um, and, and they've, they've absolutely been fantastic and, and risen to the challenge at every turn for us in terms of um, you know, going the extra mile, giving us all the extra discretionary effort that they feel they can give us, um, and really feeling part of the story. Um, and mm -hmm. so for us, it's fully integrated. We, we wouldn't be able to separate which came first, I don't think. Dash, if no. you agree with that? I, I, would, I, would, I would agree with that, Helen. I think the other thing I'd say is um, that, you know, there's a line about success breeds success, and, mm -hmm. you know, people, in my experience, people want to work for exciting companies. People want to work for exciting companies that are going places, that have a very clear vision. I mean, I, I don't know many other companies who can say they've bought and sold 146 businesses in 11 years. I mean, um, you know, that's quite, that you know, that's wanna, quite something. Uh, and, 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 you know, people want to work for a company that's a great place to work because it means they can sit there and say, actually, I genuinely can see opportunities. Uh, you know, some of the things, you know, we're really proud we just promoted. Um, uh, one of our long-serving um, general managers uh, to a director, and that makes me quite proud when you see these guys coming through the ranks and you see people in the business being promoted. Um, you know that that certainly makes me proud, and that's something I think is really exciting because one, they see if you're part of a growing business, there's more opportunities for them, and of course, uh, you know they can then see that this is a great place to work, which is links back to everything that we do around the people agenda. And I sure. think that's Joe why communication is so important because all of that change could be quite unsettling for people. Mm. And so, really, you know, keep talking to our to our uh, our colleagues, explaining what we're doing, why, what's going to happen, and really, um, you know, to a, to a large extent, unless they're right in the thick of some of those uh, changes, um, you know, shielding them from any impact um, because we need them to be doing the, the best job they can do in their business, you know, every day for our customers. So. Um, really, you know, communication um, of what we're doing has been key so that people mm. don't feel unsettled by that pace of change. Right. And, and does communication, does that come from the HR? Is it HR that do that comms or do you have a special corporate comms team? You know, who, who drives that communication agenda? I, I think, I mean, it really it starts at the top. I mean, Dash is... Um, mm -hmm. is very keen to ensure that we communicate with our colleagues at every opportunity to you know clearly there are times that we can't where there are things sure. going on that you know sure. share price and what have you but of as course. soon as we're able to as Dash gave you the example of one minute past seven when the yes. results are announced the, as literally the minute we are able to communicate we do so people don't yes. feel that we're holding things back from them so so certainly Dash communicates Dash has already spoken to you about our internal communication mechanisms, our mm -hmm. magazines, our, mm -hmm. um, you know, our holding briefings, you know, in dealerships, uh, conferences. You know, there's a whole myriad of things that ensure that yeah. we get the message out to everybody in the business. Can the I transparency for us. Yeah, I, we've got um, just not not overly long left. I just want to quickly turn to you mentioned Dash, great places to work, and I know. Um, you know, that leads us on to really um, the kind of the measure, the scores on the doors of the people thing. Obviously, you've talked about the incredible business successes, but the scores on the doors as far as your people are concerned. Um, you started great with great places to work, um, I think, back in 2009, didn't you, Dash? And you've, you've in recent years, 
um, you've, you've been in the top 30, um, I think four times, if I'm right. So, um, Helen, what, what is, what's been the, the, the magic source for that, really? I mean, you've talked about communication. Is, is, that, is that what it is, or is there more to it than that? Well, there's more to it than that. I mean, we have we run a range of programs that that are, you know are designed to make sure that colleagues, um, you know, are as engaged as they can be with what we're trying to achieve, and that we can provide them with a great environment so they can be the best that they can be. So, I think key to our engagement story has has been making sure that engagement is not a once a year activity that happens to be a survey. We mm-hmm. make colleague engagement part of everything we do. So um, we've talked about communication, um, but you know, recognition programs, really listening to what colleagues tell us in the feedback mechanisms that we have, and then mm-hmm. importantly doing something about it where we can. And if we mm-hmm. can't, telling them we can't and why we can't. That sort of yeah. again, that transparency yeah. and communication is really important. It's yes. also about you know every empowering people to feel that they can make a difference. So mm-hmm. we try to run a sort of fairly decentralised business so that people do feel that they own their business and they they they, they are empowered to you know to make decisions and to affect mm-hmm. change uh, in the business. Um, and 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 also you know and, and and the other really key ingredient for us is making sure that we've got great leadership in our in our businesses. Um, mm-hmm. And that, that makes such a difference on the ground. You know, obviously, we've got 120-odd locations and, you know, trying to ensure that, that everything we've talked about is living and breathing in each one of those locations is hugely dependent on the fantastic sort of senior leadership team that we have and each of the heads of business of those dealerships really believing in what we're asking them to deliver for our customers and our colleagues um, and, and making that live and breathe every day. So... I think the sort of yes. magic source for us is not about making engagement a once-a-year activity. It, it, it's a thread through everything we do. Mm-hmm. And, and, and um, as a sector, I think it, you know, we can't shy away from the fact that the automotive sector has, has, does suffer from quite high turnover levels in terms of certainly in yeah. t- some, some areas of the business. So um, do, you, do you buck that trend or do you live with that trend? And uh, you know, what, What's your approach to that? Um, I, I think it's I think it's multifaceted to be honest, Joe. I mean, yes, um, um, unfortunately, we, the, the, the sector does suffer with uh, with relatively high uh, turnover levels, and we're not immune to that in Marshall by any means. Um, mm. And so we, we work incredibly hard to create an environment where people want to stay with us. But mm. one of the other things that's really important is accepting that in, you know some of those key roles will have high turnover regardless of what we do. It's the nature of some of those roles, particularly our sales environment. They are roles that you know have a higher turnover level than the average. But I think what's really key for us is accepting that we're going to have a level of turnover, but still making that employment experience a great one, so that when mm-hmm. those colleagues mm-hmm. do leave us, they're leaving feeling that Marshall was. A great experience and actually what we find is that we have huge numbers of people coming back to Marshall so whilst they might have had their head turned for five minutes by something <laughs> else what they yeah. then quickly come to realize is actually oh well, yeah I had a fantastic experience at Marshall so when the next time they're thinking about making a move we see significant numbers of people coming back to us and so it's, 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 it's making sure that 
you know, everybody's employment experience mm. is great, even if we yes. accept that in some of those roles we'll have some churn, but very often we see people coming back to us and, and we welcome them back if they've been, the grass, know, they've been great yeah, colleagues for us. So the grass isn't, all, isn't always greener, but they're, they're welcome. It's what Deloitte's recall, and they've practiced this for a very long time, Deloitte's, they call it their cradle-to-grave engagement approach, and they, you know, they continue to engage their alumni many, many years after they've gone. I mean, obviously, they have a different reason for that, which is very often that they've, you know, they've gone to be um, influencers in, in kind of potential client organizations but it's a very similar thing yeah. it's recognizing that you know you, you people are people and you you build relationships and create experiences that encourage loyalty in some form or another um so that's yeah. really interesting now we've only got a couple of minutes left I'd, I'd like to turn if i may i'll stick with you helen if i may but turn to the um the auto car listing so congratulations on that you were voted um, last year into the auto car top 100 women in the automotive industry power list. Um, and I just wondered how that came about. Um, well, thank you. Um, I'm just flushing up a little bit as you say that. Um, so, um, so, I mean, I guess for us, it was really part of um, really starting to focus in on um, some of the diversity um, challenges that our sector has and particularly the gender balance. Mm -hmm. So the automotive sector typically has, uh, you know, a, a gender uh, balance of 75% male, 25% female. Marshall is no different to that. Um, mm -hmm. And so as part of really stepping into proactively seeing what we could do to affect change and to affect the perception of Marshall being a great place to work, respective of whether you're male or female, um, we looked at what could we do to sort of open that up and make it look a bit more accessible. So, so the auto car thing was was uh, was one of those great things where, uh, you know, um, I was um, thrilled to be um, to be nominated and then and then to be um, to be listed. But it was really part of us stepping into, uh, you know, uh, uh, trying to proactively affect the sort of gender profile in our business so we've joined the mm -hmm. automotive 30 percent club um, mm -hmm. and we have a number of initiatives running in our business that is designed to um, as i say really open up um, the perception of the sector and and obviously within that specifically marshall as being a place where women can thrive and have a great career um, mm -hmm. and we've got a number of programs running obviously our 30 percent membership We've been we've been profiling in our internal communications all of these fantastic women we've already got in Marshall, and really just mm -hmm. um, making sure that there aren't any barriers to women being successful and being able to be pulled through the through the talent pipeline, if yeah. you like. Yeah. So, so that was really mentoring and encouraging. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. We've spoken before, haven't we, Helen, about how we. We're seeing a lot more women represented in senior leadership roles in the sort of manufacturer side of the fence in the sector. But um, it's yeah. great to see that that's starting to happen in, in retail as well, because, of course, you know, 50 percent of your customers are women, aren't they? Yeah. Actually, uh, Joe, one thing I would say is, um, uh, again, conscious of time, but, you know, of course, you all know all the uh, data and the stats around how, much better performing boards are, sorry, businesses are with boards mm. that are balanced. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, you know, from our perspective, worth saying that we've been sector leading and delivered 10 years of record results in a row. Worth saying that we do have three PLC uh, uh, board directors who are female, which I think is about uh, three out of seven. Uh, worth good. saying that we also have 
we also have two females on our operating board as well. Right. Uh, and another another stat I'm quite proud of as well is that uh, the percentage of female sales executives uh, has gone up by 60% as well since uh, April 2016. So about 15% of our sales execs, and and that's a stat that is just that's amazing lovely. for our industry. So yes, for me, absolutely. we want more. We want more coming in at the top of the funnel because they're going to be future leaders of our business. So, um, mm-hmm. and you know what? I hate to say it, but they're brilliant. The customers like them, dealing with them, and uh, they just are brilliant. So, uh, uh, that's a little advert for any female listeners who want to get. Uh, <laughs> come in to research. Please drop me an email. And come on in. Absolutely. Well, you know that. And talking about the future leads, really nice. And we've got a minute left. Um, on, on recent performance, it was five years ago that we, we last had you on the show, Dash. So um, that means that we'll probably next have you and Helen on the show in 2024, which is quite a scary thought. Um, <laughs> what's that future look like for Marshalls five years down the line? Well, I think, uh, I mean, you mentioned about Great Place to Work. You said, uh, uh, you know, we've been involved since 2008, so we've been 11 years running there. Um, you know, our scores improved again this year, so uh, mm-hmm. our, our trust index scores are now 79%. That compares with the UK average of 55%. So, fingers crossed, hopefully we'll have uh, even more positive news next month when they produce the rankings. Um, you know, uh, I don't know where we'll be, but I'm optimistic we'll improve uh, with those scores. Uh, you know, and as, you know, this is an ambitious business. Why wouldn't we want to say when we're going to be top five, for example, right. by 2024? Mm-hmm. And in terms mm-hmm. of the business, uh, I'd like us to be, you know, if we were a billion when we spoke to you in 20, uh, in uh, 2014, we're over two billion now. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I'd be very, very, very disappointed if we're not three billion by 2024. Right, right. Okay, lovely. Well, well, we'll hold you to that then, Dash. We'll have you back in five years' time, um, and uh, we can tick those boxes and see how you're doing. And, and, and on recent um, uh, scores, I imagine you're probably going to blast through those targets, and um, it will be a very different story. So uh, congratulations to you on your, on your successes. It's lovely to have such practical tips and advice being shared with our listeners from you both. So thank you for that, whatever sector our listeners are in they can take away the things that you've been talking about and apply them. So thank you for joining us. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And it's time to say goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks, Joe. Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work.